we're back. Detroit or Motor City, Minton State. I'm Nick Bradley. How are we doing today, everybody? Hope you're doing well. Hope your day's off to a hot start. Hopefully, work's going well. You ate some good food today. Told your mom you love her, right? Hopefully, things are going well. Pretty slow week in the sports world, in the Detroit sports world, that is. Um, I guess the Big Ten, the Big Ten news is pretty bad. Ag- adding Oregon, adding Washington, uh, Michigan State. It looks good in camp, bro. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with camp. I don't know. Maybe this has happened. I'm not familiar with any college team, pro team, you name it, going through summer camp and seeing tweets or reports about how the team stinks, right? I've never seen that before. Now, maybe some of these teams do stink. Maybe MSU isn't great. Maybe Jameer Gibbs and the Lions aren't that great. What I do know is both the Lions and Michigan State. Obviously, Michigan, we already know they're going to be a wagon. I'm sure their reports are glowing. Michigan State and the Lions, all we're reading is good stuff. The only negative shit I've read about the Lions is hocus pocus fairy tale stuff about Jamison Williams. Oh, Jamison Williams, his shoe was untied coming into the facility today. Careless from the rookie? Like, that's the only type of shit that's negative surrounding the Lions right now. Jameer Gibbs is the man. Jared Goff apparently has taken a step. Amon Ross St. Brown is untouchable. The defense looks much improved. Apparently, all's good and well for the Lions. And again, if they did stink, I wouldn't exactly expect the reports to be, these guys suck, don't even bother tuning in week one. I wouldn't expect that. I don't think that's ever happened in the history of sports media covering a certain team. But things seem to be going pretty well, and same shit for MSU. Things seem to be going all right. Quarterback competition, that's the big question mark. All three guys, they're putting their hats in the race. Like, they want it as bad as the the competition's great. They're leaders. They're making throws. They're learning the playbook. Awesome. The trenches are great. The offensive line. Much better, much more depth, much improved defensive line. One of the better units in the Big Ten, we think. That's great. It all seems like rainbows and fairy tales. And again, maybe that is the case. I hope it certainly is. I do think, much like Michigan, like you don't need a beat reporter to tell you Michigan's going to be good this year. You don't need some guy to say Blake Corum looks great in the first day of camp to tell you Blake Corum's going to have a big year. You don't need that. I think some of that is true. Like with the Lions, you probably don't need positive reports to let you know. The Lions will be pretty good this year. Like worst case, if thing, everything goes wrong for the Lions, if the people get injured, they're losing every close game, maybe some mismanagement, whatever. If everything goes wrong for the Cats, they should still be about a 500 team. They're just too talented to lose that many games, right? They, they have talent and depth in key positions, all positions it seems like at this point. We're like, yeah, it's cool to see, hey, Jameer Gibbs is the man. Hey, Jared Goff is looking sharp. Hey, this Sam Laporta guy, he's on another level. That's all great to read. Like, we knew. You should know the Lions are going to be at least, at least decent this year, right? It's not going to be the first half of last year, and it's not going to be the year prior. Like, there's going to be no rollovers. Now, the Chiefs game week one, obviously, that's going to be a challenge. Winning at Arrowhead in general is tough, let alone against Patty Mahomes and them boys. But. Like, you know, the Chiefs know, everybody knows. The Lions, it's not just like a free win. This isn't the Lions, your parents' Lions, or your Lions, my Lions for my entire life, where they come into town and the other team's going, fuck yeah, baby, we're going to start off 1-0. It's not a giveaway. You should know that. But, I don't know. I mean, the, the reports, it's great and all. Let's see it on the field. Michigan State is where I'm a little bit more like, I'm trying to catch my tongue. I'm trying to sit here and go, all right, they're beat reporters, dude. They're going to fluff up the team. 
They want you to tune in because they want you to read their articles and they want you to be excited and everything's great. The quarterback competition's incredible. The defensive line looks like a force to be reckoned with. The secondary is much improved. These young guys coming up from Mel Tucker, man, he did a good job. Like, yeah, they're going to say all that shit. And I want to believe it. I want to dive in. I want to say we're going to win 10 fucking games. But I'm trying to, to rein in the, the reins, rein in the horse a little bit with MSU. I do think much like the Lions, like if you just look at State's roster, look at what State did well last year. And you look at what they added, the defensive line specifically and the linebacking core. I've said it a thousand times on here and we're not going to go in depth. We'll save that for closer to the season. But you look at what they got and who they brought in and what we did well last year. And it's like, yeah, dude, they should MSU, the defensive line, the front seven should be pretty fucking good, Um, regardless of what anybody is saying out of camp, regardless of what the Lansing State Journal has to say, regardless of what the free press is saying. Even if it's all positive, you don't. You shouldn't need that to know, hey, the defensive line for State this year, maybe they still only win six games or whatever it is, but the defensive line won't be the problem unless everybody gets injured. And part of that, too, even if people do get hurt, the depth is better. The second-string guys can compete with Michigan's offensive line. The third-string guy can give a little bit more adversity than he did a year ago. You should know that at certain uh, position groups within this team. The defensive line, I think, being one – and the linebacking core being one. Where those reports are great. Simeon Barrow, all, he's going to be an All-American. Mark my words. Awesome. But we kind of knew that. Here's the thing with State is the other position groups. The quarterback competition. Man, these guys want it. Man, they're coming along well. The wide receivers, yeah, we lost Keon Coleman. But whoo, some of these guys we brought in. Alante Brown, this dude's explosive. Jalen Barberin might be the fastest guy in the conference. The secondary, yeah, they weren't so good last year or the year prior or the year prior or the year prior. But some of Mel Tucker's guys, they got early exposure. Excuse me, last year, Dylan Tatum, Jaden Mangum. He's bringing in more guys. Chuck Brantley came back. Some of these transfers. There's guys like Malik Spencer where it's we've been hearing about him since he got to MSU. Like, watch out for this dude. Watch out for He wasn't the highest recruit in the world. He wasn't a bad recruit. But watch out for this, dude. We've been hearing it. We've been hearing it, which is great. I'm glad there's something that people are getting excited about. But those things, it's like, I'll believe it when I see it. The secondary, once we can stop Michael Penix from throwing 85-yard out routes in a row without an incompletion, then I'll get juiced up over the secondary. When we have offensive weapons or a strategy, that is, that isn't just let's throw a jump ball to Keon Coleman or Jaden Reed. Then I'll get fired up about the wide receivers. Then I'll get fired up about, uh, about Jerron Glover. Then I'll get fired up about Tyrell Henry. Then I'll get, okay, Alante Brown, he is explosive. Once I see, oh, shit, these guys can do some things. Oh, we don't miss Jaden Reed or Keon that much at all. Once I see that, then we can get excited. Some of the quarterbacks, that's the biggest one, dude. You never fucking know. Noah Kim could have been the, a five-star recruit, number one player in the country two years ago. Now it's his time to shine. I mean, we've got that a little bit. Obviously not to that degree with Caden Hauser. I think he was a top 250 recruit in the country, West Coast kid, four-star, like one of the more talented quarterback recruits states brought in probably since Damian Terry just off the recruiting profile. Doesn't look like he's going to be the starter. I know a lot of us, myself included, coming into this year, we're like, yeah, he's the guy. Noah Kim, what you did against Wake Forest in garbage time, that was cool. Thank you for waiting your turn. Thanks for being a good teammate. But he's going to be Caden's team. He's too talented 
to not win the job. It doesn't seem like that'll be the case. Noah Kim, on the other hand, kind of an unknown recruit. I think he had like eight offers from the East Coast. Don't know much about him other than the few garbage time throws he's made. And they've looked good. It is garbage time. It is their backup. So I don't know. We don't know with quarterbacks. One way or another, whether it's Kim being underrated, Caden being maybe overrated, whatever the case is, we don't fucking know until you put him in the game. And state fans more than anyone should know that. Keith Nickel, Andrew Maxwell, Connor Cook comes in. Like, we've had guys that are, oh, Damian Terry, this is supposed to be the fucking man. And then they get in the game and you go, wait a second, that doesn't look like it's supposed to. He's not. A, he doesn't throw it the way they told me he would on the internet. What's going on here? And then we've had the other spectrum. Connor Cook, two-star from Ohio. Nobody knows who the fuck he is. He comes in, leads the offense for three years. He makes throws. He's unbelievable. He's the best quarterback talent-wise that the school's probably ever had. I mean, yeah, Kirk Cousins was incredible. Um, Jeff Smoker, Brian Hoyer. Like, we know that MSU, we, we've had some success at the quarterback position. But you don't ever know with these guys. At any at college, in the pros, it could be the number one pick. He's a nobody. It could be a third-round guy, and he sticks around the league. Kirk Cousins, perfect example of that. I'm happy everyone's excited. I'm happy the reports are positive. Like, I'd much rather read an article saying the competition's great, dude. Even the Sam Lee of it, he just got here. Man, he's athletic. Man, he makes some throws. He's another four-star West Coast kid. Man, he's picking up the playbook quick. I'd rather read that than this dude's a fish out of water. This Caden Hauser's not the four-star we thought he was. Noah Kim, I know he's been here for a while, but he still struggles with the playbook. I'd rather read glowing reviews than, uh-oh, uh-oh, we don't have a quarterback and none of the options seem too promising. I'd rather read the positive reviews, absolutely. But the thing is now, some of these position groups, some of these guys, I got to see it. I got to see it before I raise the alarm, before we wave the flag and I organize the parade. I got to see it in real time in a real game, just a little bit before we get too excited. That all said, I'm getting – I'm getting there. I'm getting there with Michigan State specifically. Like I said, the Lions, we all know the hype. We don't need to talk about that. Everybody knows. Everyone who's a – forget being a Lions fan. Anyone who follows the NFL knows for the first time in a long fucking time, pretty much everybody agrees, hey, dude, the Detroit Lions? Yeah. Those Detroit Lions, the ones who didn't do shit with Barry Sanders, the ones who didn't do shit with Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson, those guys? They're going to be good this year. It everybody agrees upon it. Michigan State, the over or the the win total I think is four and a half or five and a half, doesn't bode very well. Nobody, nobody picking them to. I don't even think finishing the top three in the Big Ten East, let alone win the damn thing. And I'm not saying that they will. Obviously, anything's possible. But Ohio State's a wagon. Michigan's a wagon. Penn State's going to be damn fucking good. It's still the Big Ten. Like anybody you play on any given week. Tough game. Maryland's not a joke. Rutgers isn't a joke. It's going to be tough any way you cut the cake for MSU. I am starting to get to the point, though, where I'm like, are we, I feel like we're being a little bit underrated, and I know I'm a homer. <laughs> oh, boy, do I know it. I know I'm biased. I went to school there. My first game day experience as a student was that Oregon game in 2015. Yeah, bro, I'm a little fucking partial to MSU being better than the haters are saying they will be. But, dude, trying to be objective, just looking at the team and looking at what the strengths should be, I'm having a hard time sitting here going, well, Michigan State's going to be nobody. Michigan State's going to do nothing. I got a hard time 
leveling with that. I don't think that that's going to be the case. And the schedule works against us, right? If we were playing 12 games against Rutgers, I'd feel a whole lot better than having those first three teams I named and Washington thrown in there. I'd feel a whole lot better if that's what the schedule looked like. It's a fucking gauntlet. It is what it is. It's part of the deal, dude. You want to be the best, you got to beat the best, plain and simple. We've done it before. That playoff year, we beat Oregon, we beat Michigan, we beat Penn State, we beat Ohio State. We've done it before. It's not off the table. Man, I feel like State, though, I feel like we're going to surprise some people. And I, I don't know if that surprise is going to be. We'll go 10-2, and two, beat a Michigan and a Penn State and kind of upset the order of things. Or if it'll be, hey, we're going to win seven, eight games. We're going to be in some tight ones. Michigan, yeah, maybe they beat us, but it's going to be a fucking dogfight. Maybe for the first time in ages since that 14-10 game in East Lansing, I think that was 2016 or 17, we'll actually give Ohio State a bit of a scare. Maybe we get right against Penn State. We've always been pretty good against them, I feel. Even in the D'Antonio down years, we were still finding ways to win those games against them. Washington, they drubbed the fuck out of us last year. Penix is going to come into East Lansing feeling like the fucking man based on what he did to us last year. Maybe we get right against him. Maybe things are a little tighter on the back end. That pass rush gets in there a little quicker. They can't run the ball so easily anymore. We've got a little more familiar familiarity with how he plays and how, uh, what's that, Kellen DeBoer likes to call offense. Maybe we got a little bit of a leg up now on Washington. I think that is kind of where this MSU team's going. It's still early for the beat the big dogs and win the Big Ten. It's still early for that as far as Mel Tucker's tenure goes. But I do think we're going to be a team where it's like last year we were a rollover. I mean, Minnesota beat us 34-0. We blew that game against Indiana. We were a rollover last year. We were a fucking joke, plain and simple. Michigan smoked us. OSU smoked us. Washington smoked us. Penn State really didn't have much trouble with us. Um, we were, we were nothing serious. I think this year it's there. You're going to be a little more tense when the Spartans come into your place, when you got to go to the woodshed, you got to play in Michigan in November. Yeah. Maybe MSU seven and three at the time. That's no layup. You know what I'm saying? Like that's going to be a hard fought fucking game. They're going to want it just as bad as you. I think that is where this MSU team could end up being. And it hinges on a lot of things. Obviously, like we said, the quarterback position. If no, if none of these guys can do anything, yeah, we're going to be in trouble. As great as the offensive line or defensive line may be, if you don't have a quarterback, it's really fucking hard to win. But I think all of the complementary pieces around the quarterback is going to make their job a whole lot easier. It's the same shit with the Detroit Lions. It's the same shit with Michigan. J.J. McCarthy's sick. J.J. McCarthy is a rocket. J.J. McCarthy is fast. He's a very good football player. There's no doubt about that. Jim Harbaugh is a good coach. There's no doubt about that. They're so effective. JJ's so effective. They've won so many games. Even before they were beating Ohio State and winning big, they've won so many fucking games, not because they've got Caleb Williams back there, because they dominate the line, because their offensive line moves dudes, because they can run the ball for four yards whenever the fuck they want to do it. They dominate defensively. They've they've stopped Ohio State a little bit because of guys like David Ajabo, Aiden Hutchinson, Mozzie Smith. I'm sure they're going to have a whole slew of new guys coming in this, that Braden McGregor. They're going to have dudes this year that stop the run with four, get to the quarterback with four. You don't need all Will Johnsons back there. Their secondary is going to be sweet too. But you don't need lockdown corners and safeties at every spot. When your front seven gets the job done against both the run and the pass, 
everybody's jobs get a little bit easier. J.J. McCarthy, dude, when he fakes to Blake Corum and everyone on the defense is worried about JJ or worried about Blake Corum, making whatever throw he's got to make became that much easier. He's going to have a little bit more time. His wide receivers are going to be a little bit more open. It's just everything becomes easier when you dominate each line. And I don't know if MSU is going to dominate necessarily on either line of scrimmage. What I do think is they're going to be significantly better on both. Like we talked about the defensive line, I do think there's a propensity for them to dominate, especially against worse teams. These first couple weeks, who is at Richmond and uh, and uh, Central, like the defensive line should eat those guys alive the first two weeks. And again, we'll see what happens. Washington, that's the first big test against a real team with real aspirations. But against them, I don't know if it'll be domination. They should shore up the running game. Michael Penix's life should be a lot harder than it was last year. I do think against Michigan, against Ohio State, Blake Corum's not going to have as much room to operate as he did last year. C.J. Stroud or whoever plays quarterback for the Buckeyes isn't going to be able to sit there all day with a fucking lawn chair and Mai Tai in his hand delivering strikes down the field to Marvin Harrison the way he did last year. I think even if they don't dominate against these teams that, look, Michigan's got an unbelievable offensive line. Ohio State, Penn State, they all got guys. They all got four stars. They all got five stars. They all got guys who went to their school because they want to win big and then go to the NFL. It's not like MSU is the only one playing with big-time dudes. But the competition level is going to be a lot closer, especially when it comes to the defensive line. And the O-line, I don't think they'll be at the level the defensive line is, um, but they will be better. They have to be better. You know what I mean? Like when they're as bad as they were last year, you can't help but get better. There's only one way to go, baby. That's why they call it rock bottom. The depth is going to be increased. That starting talent, the five guys who come out week one for that first snap, all of them will be better than the five guys that came out last year. All of them. We've heard the reports. We've heard Tuck talk about it. We've heard Kapilovich talk about it. We were practicing in fall practice last year. We had six healthy offensive linemen. Now we got 13. That's a difference maker. They've talked about practice needs to be harder than the games because then when you get to the game, you go, oh, shit. This isn't as bad as I thought it would be. That You cannot do that if half your offensive line is injured. You cannot do that if your third string offensive lineman is now the starting left tackle. You cannot give your offensive line a good look if the scout team guy is an absolute nobody as opposed to the scout team guy now. If we need to put him on the field in the game, we have faith they'll get the job done. Every level, the starting talent has improved, and more importantly, the depth has improved. So when there is injury, when people do get tired, when whatever the fuck happens, happens, the next man up is much closer to the first man. Where before, I've played on teams like this. In high school, we sucked, bro. My high school team, we fucking sucked ass. And there were a lot of reasons for it. I don't want to get into it, dude. But a lot of it was. Our starters across the board, yeah, we're probably not going to hang with a Clarkston or a West Bloomfield. But our starters across the board, like we could hang with guys. Skill positions, we had athletes. Offensive linemen, defensive linemen, we were a little undersized, but we had guys who hit the weights. We had guys who wanted it. We had guys who were nasty. The problem was, one guy gets hurt, the next man in is not even in the same stratosphere. We are clutching our pearls, praying to God. We never have to put in a backup right guard. We never have to put in a backup end. We never have to put in a backup running back. We were praying to God. And inevitably playing the game of football, people miss time. You need the backups to come in. It was a fucking slaughter fest. 
that's a little bit what happened with MSU last year. One guy goes down, Chris Bogle. The next man up, he ain't Chris Bogle. Offensive line, half the dudes are injured. The next half, they ain't the same. All of that shit matters. And again, I don't know if me, you know, do I think Michigan State's offensive line is going to be Michigan's? No. Do I think they'll be Ohio State's or Penn State's? No. Do I think they'll be even Washington's? Probably not. But I do think they're going to be a lot more forceful. I do think we're going to be able to run the ball more. Will it be Kenneth Walker levels of running the ball? Probably not. But it's all going to be improved compared to last year. Like, you think about what MSU did last year, and I'm on record saying it. I've argued with state fans about it. I mean, last year was a complete and utter failure. A, missing a bowl game, just fairly unacceptable. Now, there's all the context of when Tuck came in and D'Antonio left them with this and the recruits. Yes, there's plenty of context to be had. But in a nutshell, five and seven, missing a bowl game, getting smoked by all your rivals, getting smoked by Minnesota, blowing games against Indiana, that shit's unacceptable. Plain and simple, it's unacceptable. That is our rock bottom, I believe. Five and seven, I don't see a world in which it could get worse than that. Now, it's not good. It's fucking bad. But if that's the rock bottom, if that's as bad as it can get for these guys, I think we're in a pretty good spot. I think that's that makes me feel a little bit of comfortability. It doesn't necessarily mean this year we're going to be great and we're going to win this many games and it's going to be swimming and everybody's partying. We're on real MSU's back. Doesn't mean that that's going to be the case. But I don't see how we're not more competitive. All right. The Big Ten, boys and girls. The Big Ten. Oregon and Washington are in. I feel like I have to talk about this. It doesn't pertain. I guess it does pertain to the Big Ten, both Michigan and Michigan State. Here's how I feel. Um, but I'm on, like, both sides. It's cool. It's sick that Michigan State and Oregon will play again because I do think while people are going, dude, there's no – there's nothing there. Like, where, where, what about the tradition? What about the rivalries? Like, there's something about the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I hear you. Michigan State, Oregon, there's a little bit of history there back in 2014 and 15. Um, Michigan State, USC, Trojans and Spartans, even though we haven't played many, many times ever, there will be something there. And it is cool to see these big brands go up against each other, like Michigan, USC, Ohio State, Washington. Like all of those games will be sick to watch. It'll be fun. It'll be what we love about the Big Ten East as it is today. Everybody was saying Prior to this, you got to split up the East, dude. These four teams being together, that's unfair. And then Iowa goes eight and four and makes the Big Ten. That's bullshit. I agree with that too, but on the same note, dude, that's what was sick about the Big Ten East. That is what's cool about it. I know we got Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State every single year, three times a year. If my team's good, if we do our part, we are going to have three marquee fucking matchups every single season. That was awesome. So, adding these guys, Washington, Oregon, that's only going to add to that. Another big game on the schedule. Another cool brand on the schedule. I'm on the West Coast. I'll be able to go to Seattle. I'll go to Oregon. I'll go up to L.A. when we're here. That's cool, too. The one, the thing that I don't like, and it's inevitable, dude. It's all money. It's going to happen. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. And I'm sure in the long run, adding these powerhouse football brands, and some of them basketball, it's going to help the conference. Everyone will make more money. There'll be more attention. For us, Midwest schools, not just MSU, recruiting the West Coast, I would imagine, becomes easier for both sports. Hey, 
I know we're a long way away from where you grew up, but we'll be back here once a year. Like we'll be out here. Your family will be able to watch. I think that is going to help things. I will miss the tradition though. Like I will miss what the big 10 is because Oregon, I mean, it goes for all the schools. Washington, I guess is sort of kind of big 10 ish. I don't know. They're different with Penix. Now they're more aired out, but Oregon, it, it, USC, they couldn't be less big time, dude. There's they're going, we're going to win games 56 to 49. Nobody tackles, nobody plays defense. We're going to run it three times a game. And Caleb Williams is going to throw for 600 yards, high flying track meet. Everyone's a sprint star. That's their brand of football. That's not the big time. That's not what we grew up on. That's not when I think of the big time, dude, I think of I formation third and two, we're running a halfback fucking dive down your face. Let's see what you can do. That's what I think about with the big time. That doesn't mean anything, I guess. You know, it's not, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, Oregon just ran a, a double reverse flea flicker. How fucking dare they? No, but the big time just won't be the same. There's a percent, like the, the tradition, the fucking like old school way of playing football and Ohio state, they do the air it out thing too. So it's not all true, but I don't know. I'll miss that a little bit. I'll miss like Michigan State, Indiana in the middle of October, a crisp fall day, and it's just big time in the Midwest. But it's inevitable. Probably for the best in the long run, regardless, even for Michigan State, it's going to happen. Money rules the world. Um, and when the day comes, like the first time MSU's playing in U at USC, the first time MSU's back in Seattle, the first time Oregon comes to East Lansing, I'm going to be jacked up. I'm going to be sitting there going, that's so sick that we added these teams. I can't wait to watch this fucking game. That's for sure going to happen. But, at, you know, right when it happened, it's like, ah, damn. Like the Big Ten I grew up with, like, that shit's gone. It's done. It's a thing of the past. I don't know. It'll be exciting. It'll be fun to watch. But I'm always going to I'm always gonna yearn a little bit for old school Big Ten football. It will be fun to see Oregon and USC come play in the snow and the freezing fucking cold. I saw a USC guy the other day going, Midwest teams when they have to travel to LA in September to play USC. I'm like, bro, it, you know, it gets hot in the Midwest. We have humidity too. Like September is hot as fuck in Michigan. September is practicing outside is not very fun in the middle of September. No, it, we, the sun exists, it goes away sooner than it does here, but the sun exists. I'd be much more worried about kids who grew up in 80 degree weather coming over and playing in 25 degree weather. I'd be a little more concerned about that, but it'll be fun. It'll be exciting. I can't wait. Anyways, let's take a quick break. I mean, we talked the Lions, dude. We talked MSU. I can't believe it's already been 26 minutes. Michigan's going to be sick. What am I missing? We talked about the jerseys last week. Red Wings, baseball, Tigers are done. I don't want to talk. They're done. They're stink. They're done. Don't want to talk about them. Pistons kind of waiting around. Mm-hmm. That might be all there is. This is truly the dog days, and we're getting up. Listen, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to ramp it back up to twice a week. I'm going to do a full-ass episode talking about the Lions. I'm going to do a full episode talking Michigan State. I'm going to do a full episode talking about Michigan. But right now, we're chilling. We're just reading off-season reports. We're getting excited. We're happy that our teams, we all think, are going to be great. I want Michigan State to be good so badly. I just want them to be like I feel like eight and four is so attainable. It's nuts. I still think ten and two, like that Mel Tucker coach of the year, unbelievable job. 
with the schedule we have, that's tough. That's that's a big ask. But I think eight and four is so attainable, bro. I think it's so attainable. I don't know why we can't beat Washington in week three. I don't know why we can't beat Michigan under the lights in East Lansing. I don't know why we can't beat Penn State at Ford Field. Ohio State, that's a big ask once again. Ohio State on the road, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Dude, but eight and four feels like it is there. Eight and four feels like it is very much a possibility. And God forbid Noah come, Noah Kim comes out and this dude is the fucking man. He's that Wake Forest Noah Kim except against the starters now. We'll be in fucking business. We can run the ball a little bit. Yeah, brother. We won't miss Keon and Jaden Reed that much. Yeah, dude. Tyrell Henry is going to look like a superstar when the play action works to perfection every time. Eight and four is there, dude. I don't see us getting blown out the way we did last year. I don't see us blowing games against bad teams the way we did last year. Every game I think we're going to be in no matter who the opponent is. Every game I think we're going to have a chance to win no matter who the opponent is. I'm excited for State. I'm excited to see what these guys got in the tank. Because Mel Tucker, the way he's talked about them, and you – I mean, dude, it's Mel. He's the guy running the thing. You don't think he feels that internal pressure of like, that shit – that was bullshit last year. We got to figure it the fuck out. You don't think he's feeling that? I don't know. I'm excited. I think I, – uh, I just need football. I need to watch some football. I need to watch these guys play so I can really fucking go. Um, that's all I got. I don't know. It's a slow – there's not there's not shit going on. Anyways, appreciate all you guys. Um, we're going to start rolling out the lines designed for this year, the Michigan design and the state design, so keep your eyes peeled for that. We'll be back next week. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you later.